0: What is up, everybody? Welcome into episode two of Chris and Company. I'm not going to keep you guys waiting for very long. Put the word out on Twitter asking Tiger pitcher Tarek Skubal if he wanted to be on Chris and Company. He said yes. We're going to jump right to that interview right now. Before we do that, though, make sure to hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Follow us on all of these platforms as well as following me on Twitter at Castellani2014. Let's get to our interview with Tarek Skubal. We are joined by Detroit Tigers pitcher, former top prospect, American League pitcher of the month, September two thousand twenty-three. Do you get a plaque for that?
1: I actually did get a cool little, uh, like a yeah, like a it was like a circle. They shipped it in a cool little box. It's actually pretty cool. Um, cool. Well, so I won't didn't be
0: the last. Won't be the last one for you. The pride of that. Kingman, Arizona.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Wikipedia. Derek yep. Skubal joins us today. What's going on, buddy? Yes. Thanks for having me. It was good. I mean, it was, it was good to get off the mound. As far as the bullpen itself, I'd say it was uh, pretty average, but <laughs> um, I've, I've thrown better. Um, but uh, it was good. It was good. It was fun, you know, just to be out there again and get the adrenaline spike a little bit being around the guys. And uh, it was fun
0: for sure, man. And I want to, I want to start kind of with your ascension because I find your journey to be one of the more interesting on, The Tigers, because you were drafted during uh, what I consider to be the tank era. I mean, we we threw out some lineups there during that time, and and you were (laughs) you were were a ninth round pick. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. You
0: were not not your fault, obviously, but yeah. I mean, I was. I I watched. These eyes have seen some stuff, but um, I uh, you were a ninth round pick, and you came up with Mize and Manning and Fiedo. These guys were all first round picks. Uh, you know, Mize, Manning, top prospects. Um and your your ascension kind of happened quickly. I mean, in 19, all of a sudden you were you know right in the thick of things. Was there a moment in the minor leagues? Because it's so hard just to get to the bigs. Was there a moment in the minor leagues where you were comfortable with your journey where you felt like, yeah, I'm 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 gonna be a big league pitcher? I'm every bit as good as these guys.
1: Uh yeah, I mean that's a great question. Um first off in eight or nineteen, me and Casey were teammates in high. A, and i i mean i knew about professional baseball i'd played it for half a season but i i didn't quite i knew i wanted to pitch in the big leagues but i was like hey this guy just went one one let me watch what he does you know let me watch his day-to-day let me watch his routine and when i watched it i was like blown away i was like i'm not doing any of those things so i need to start doing those things um so i kind of hammered out a routine for myself and then uh you know, I always thought I was good. Um it didn't really become real until I was in Double A pitching with those guys and um was having success at that level too. And then I I'd, I'd say like in 19, that's probably, you know, once I got to Double A and I was stringing off, you know, a lot of good consecutive starts, I was like, "Okay, I think I can I think I can do this," you know, and then um yeah, so I'd say probably by the end of 19, I was like, "I this is I think I'm good enough," you know. Yeah. Do you feel like those guys made you better? Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's something yeah, that we not. probably won't, we probably won't admit it to each other. But I, <laughs> I think it was always like trying to, like, one up each other every single day. Like, oh, Fido went seven shot yesterday. I'm getting the ball today. Hey, watch this shit. You know, I cuss on this. My bad. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you like good. watch this. Like, watch this. And then Casey would go. You know, eight innings, two hit. I feel like every time he was out there. <laughs> And then you're like, all right, I got to match that today. So it was, uh, it was fun. It was fun coming with the minor leagues together. It was fun, but and it, and it was competitive, you know. And I think we still are like that, but now we're just yeah. all at higher levels.
0: Yeah, for sure, and especially with Mize. I mean, Mize right away was like second start was throwing no hitters and like high A
1: ball, and it right? was, might even was incredible. W. He was yeah, his first oh. yeah, his first start in double A was a no hitter and. <laughs> The seven Friar, if he was able to go nine innings, I bet they would have all been no-hitters. Like, it was insane. I was like, dude, this guy is just simply better than everyone. So, wow. but it was, it was impressive to watch.
0: Yeah, and obviously we were wishing the – glad to see him back on the mound, you know, obviously with the you way know, things so – Yeah, right, we all are. Um, No, yeah, ninth-round pick, like I said, the highest pick ever to come out of Seattle University. You get called mm-hmm. up under the most bizarre of circumstances with COVID being what it was. Do you feel – did I mean obviously major league debut is major league debut. Did you feel a little bit jipped that you couldn't do it in front of fans
1: in front of home crowd of America? Um, you know I I think I do. I don't I don't think that uh that year was just I'm very thankful that I was up in the big leagues playing and uh learning and you know experiencing that but like that wasn't even like baseball to me. You know, it wasn't really like the game of baseball. It wasn't the major league baseball experience um from Everyone that I talked to that year, they're like, hey, we're so sorry that you're debuting this year. You know, that's kind of was the vibe. You know, like, hey, this sucks for you. Like, you don't get the food. The hotels aren't. I mean, they're at the same hotel, but you're not allowed to do anything, so you can't enjoy cities. You know, your family couldn't even be at the game. My family had to watch it. This is how stupid those rules were, by the way. Um, They wouldn't let my family come – to the game and get it right that's right they were watching at a restaurant right yeah so they wouldn't even let them like come to a game that no one's at by the way right so they could get them a suite where no one is or they could get them 12 suites every family member could be in their own suite but they made them go to a local bar and then they let me see them after the game like what what makes more sense bringing them to the game where there's we can kind of monitor the contact or taking them to a bar where people are in and out it's like whatever but yeah, they couldn't watch. That sucked. Uh, but I was able to see them after the game and it was okay. Yeah, it was
0: as a fan, it was hard for me to take anything out of that season. Just in tr- I mean, because yeah. great players, great players had bad years. Like, you know, JD Martinez is having like a 600 something OPS that year. It's just like the way when the season began, getting the body right, it was hard for me to really take anything out of it. And again, as a fan, like, I wanted to be at your your debut. I wanted I wanted to give you and mine the the standing ovation when you you know you first came to America. So it was kind of it was kind of tough just as an outside uh, person watching that. You know you got off to you know moving ahead a little bit here. You know you pitch all at twenty one, you get to two thousand twenty two, you get off to a really good start. Struggle a little bit in the summer, but it seemed like in the second half you were turning around, and then the injury comes. You get the shoulder injury, miss close to a calendar year of time. Yeah. You know, people always talk about the physical and getting the body right, and you know the the rehab and stuff, but I guess. From a mental standpoint, as a young pitcher, what kind of impact did that have on you kind of watch watching the day-to-day, seeing the guys, you know, it, go to work in the clubhouse and you're still kind of rehabbing and going through your progressions as you try to get back
1: in a big league mound? Yeah, I mean, it sucked. It sucked. I think it sucked. You know, it was it – was, you know, I'm glad I rehabbed in Detroit and I was able to be around the guys because you still feel like you're part of the team. Um, but – when you know you kind of ride the roller coaster throughout a season you know highs and lows when you're not able to go out and help in any sort you know that sucks more than anything so but i'm glad i'm glad i was in detroit i think that was that was huge for me especially with my transition back you know in years past they would send guys to lakeland and rehab there um and i don't think i'm a big fan of that because you just like lose connection with them like you just you know everything's a text message now instead of seeing them face to face you know you, their first bullpens their you know whatever it was it was pretty cool It was pretty special to me um when i found my first live bp and the whole team's out there watching i was like mm-hmm. that's that's pretty fucking cool you know that's yeah. i don't know how many teams that happens for you know and i think it speaks to the guys in our clubhouse especially um yeah but but that type of stuff's really cool and I, it, and then them just walking outside for 5 minutes probably didn't mean a lot to them but it meant a lot to me and it's like hey these are my guys you know these are the guys you go to war with every you know 5th day so
0: yeah and, and i remember noticing that at Comerica last year i think it was when a uh, game that i was at because i'm a pitching guy I go to watch warmups and and Erod was pitching and you Mize, manning uh these guys you guys were all out there just watching watching warmups like that's I, from my perspective that was pretty rare for a big league team, uh, to see that. And I thought that was cool. You know, you brought up, you were rehab in Detroit, uh, and previously you said they sent guys to Lakeland. Was that something that changed when Scott Harris took
1: over or was that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, he kind of, right when, um, I think right when he was hired, I had a phone call with him and he's like, Hey, we want you to be in Detroit all year. And I was like, I mean, I would love that. You know, I would absolutely love that. Um, just because it's, I mean, the facilities are great there too, but just yeah. to be around the team and, and watch the guys play. And obviously when they go on the road, you don't get to go, but, uh, and it, it does make for some long days for sure. Cause the rehab group needs to start before, you know, the guys get there. So that way you're kind of out of the way and the whole timing thing, but um, it was awesome.
0: That, uh, that actually kind of leads me to what my next question was going to be, because, you know, at, again, at, as a fan, perspective with the nerd stuff that i do we pay attention to analytics and prospect rankings and farm systems uh whereas you know you guys are more so focused on kind of the day-to-day you have been a part of two different administrations now you were drafted in the avila era you're now a part of you know scott harris being the president what differences if any have you noticed over the last year or so in terms of maybe preparation or you know the analytics department what have you that maybe wasn't there when uh avila was in charge
1: well, one, we've had a ton of renovations to the kitchen, um, the weight room. Uh, I mean, the whole clubhouse, I think they're undergoing even more there. Um, but uh, I think analytics, we kind of had the same resources, but I think it even got better. Um, we were able to hire, you know, another pitching coach for us, Robin Lund, who's he has got the only PhD in the big leagues. Um, <laughs> and I think that's pretty cool. It's, it speaks to him. I mean, he's great. He understands guys, how guys throw and he can break it down into ways that I don't even know what we're talking about. So he keeps it pretty simple with me. So I'm like, all right, cool. Um, but it's very translatable, you know, right to the field. Um, few, a few little critiques. Um, my velocity was up like a mile and a half last year, which I expected to be kind of the same this year. So it's like, and and I did nothing different except for two changes in my mechanics. And then all of a sudden I'm getting more VLO, more velo, and, um, uh, you know, that's just me personally. But um, I think what Scott Harris is doing, too, he really gets the pitching side of, uh, of of the game and and just the conversations that I've had. You know, you go up to a walk, get a, grab a water in between innings, and he's in there, you know, in the weight room, and you run, we'll talk to him for three innings about seam shifted weight this and numbers that. And I'm just like, this guy gets it, and he's bought in, and he really cares. So, uh, you know, I'd say that's kind of the biggest adjustment.
0: Yeah. Excellent. I mean, you know, you bring up analytics and I've been, especially when it comes to pitching, I'm always fascinated by how pitchers view analytics. Cause even when you had your struggles, your advanced numbers were always pretty good. You always had a pretty low FIP. You always had a good strikeout rate. Is that something that would bring you comforts when you had your struggles or was it kind of more so like, dude, I just, I just care about the final line.
1: Yeah. I think it's kind of somewhere in between, right? Like when you're struggling, it's like, all right, where's the positive in this like where can is there any positive you know whether you just gave up seven and two innings like is there did I do anything good today and it's like you gave up seven probably not you know (laughs) to be honest you probably didn't do very many good things um but yeah I think you know the luck the luck factor like part of the game is real you know sometimes things Mm -hmm. just don't go your way and it's just very unlucky and the stat line might not reflect that so um those underlying metrics are cool but at the end of the day like you know you can dive as deep into the analytic realm as you want if a guy's going out there and shoving and his stuff plus number on some pitch is not good but it's working it's like does it really matter you know right. does, it, does it really matter um but if you are struggling it is good to kind of have numbers saying like hey dude you are getting unlucky you know your batting out your Babbit is way high right now like keep doing it um you know just keep tracking good days don't let it spiral you know don't let the bad days really spiral to where you have bad months and when you have a bad month it's like you kind of start to question if you even belong to play you know take the field was there a moment where
0: you realized at the big league level yeah i belong here was there a specific start or you know did it happen
1: quickly um i don't know if there's one start but you know after 2020 that's a wash, right? I didn't pitch great. I gave up a ton of homers, um, which is part of the game. It's part of the way I pitched, too. Uh, mm-hmm. That's just going to happen. Um, but 21, I had a pretty rough start to the season, and then I th- thought I had a pretty solid, you know, let's say three, four months given a hit or miss, like, bad start. Um, but I gave up a ton of home runs. And even after that season, I was – you know, I was confident in myself, but I don't really know if I was fully confident in myself. Like, Hey, I actually can play here or, Hey, I'm going to have a career here type thing. Um, But I think like 22, let's say about a quarter of the way in um, just my development, the stuff I was working on with fat, kind of all that stuff. I think that's when I, I'd probably say a quarter way in, you know, I kind of felt like, Hey, I can, I can compete with these guys. I'm no longer intimidated or caught up in the moment. Um, I'm more so focused on what I'm doing on the mound, um, which is huge, you know, just like feeling that you belong. Um, when I take them out, I felt like the guys had confidence in me that we were going to win that I I didn't feel like that was the case in 21, whether it was or not, I didn't feel like that. So, um, yeah. And, And then obviously results kind of breed confidence in yourself too, you know, when, when stuff starts going your way. So,
0: yeah, and you you had a run in twenty two, like you said, where you had, you had a you had seven scoreless against the Twins. I I think you had a, you had a career high in strikeouts against the Orioles. This was before we knew that the Orioles lineup was was really good, uh, and I you we could see the confidence uh, kind of growing with each start. And obviously, last year, uh, you know, going back to the underlying numbers, I feel like there was you know I I brought it up because there was a point last year where I think you had two. Uh, two bad starts not in a row maybe but two or three or two out they of three in a row. yeah in a row. it was it was uh, Royals so, No, sorry to bring it up uh, Royals and, and yeah. Orleans
1: Kansas City and Miami yeah
0: yeah right yeah, two um,
1: bad innings really to be honest yeah like, right that well that's, and
0: that's I think the underlying numbers were still really good for you in, in that aspect yeah. so I think it was it, it's got to be a weird thing though because I feel like that can work in reverse and from an offensive standpoint we've talked about that with Torkelson a bunch where it's like the batted ball dad is awesome he's hitting the ball hard he's lifting the ball the results just might not be there. I feel like as comforting as that might be to be like, Hey, water might find its level. You still got to wait for it to find its level. So it's kind of, yeah. it, it becomes kind of frustrating. If and, like. And, and that's
1: exactly what you're saying. That's the hardest part is like state Torx. torques last year, right? He has 30, mm-hmm. whatever homers, 32, yeah, 31, 31. I think, yeah. 31. yeah I think. The year prior, I think he was hitting the ball just as hard. It just wasn't, <laughs> And then you can kind of see the frustration start to spill out a little bit. I think last year was way different where he has eight homers in the first two months or something like that. And then he has 23 and it felt like, yeah, felt like all-star break happened. Then he had 23 homers. Cause I remember looking, I'm like, i might torque might at 25 this year. And then I looked up and I was like, I swear it was like two games later and he was at 27 I was like, what the hell just happened? Like when did he hit all these homers? Um, But yeah, that's like the, that's the part you got to just like keep, Every day, keep stacking good days. Keep working. Stay in your routine and kind of let things take care of itself because <laughs> that Kansas City start, in a matter of 13 pitches, I'd given up like seven runs. And I was like, what the fuck is going on today? You know, I'm like, ground ball here, ground ball here, bases loaded. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm cool. I can get out of bases loaded with one out. First pitch curveball, this guy is literally oh for – no, he hasn't swung at a first pitch curveball the entire season. So Fett comes out. He's like, hey, this is how we get ahead. I'm like, all right, cool. First pitch, curveball, backdoor and down. I'm like, all right, cool. I got a free strike here. Curveball, backdoor and down, off the wall, basically a double. I'm like, well, fuck, that's just unfortunate. Now now he's he's got one He's one swing, one swing for like 35 first pitch curveballs he has on the year. I'm like, well, that's just today. That's just today. And the Miami was kind of the same way. It's like if you can keep the ball in the yard, things kind of go your way because home mm-hmm. runs kind of hurt you a little bit. Solos mm-hmm. don't, but, you know, two, three run grand slams those ones hurt you um but yeah if you keep the ball in the yard things kind of generally will tend to go your way but there's some days where you keep the ball in your yard in the yard and you're like i would have rather given up four homers because at least i can live with that mm-hmm. rather than the, you know the broken bat this way the bunt this way the six hole ground ball off the glove it's like oh well, i was i was gonna bring that up because at least with a home run you know you got beat like, you can yeah.
0: – those, those seeing-eye exactly. singles, the broken bad singles, where it's like, I made my pitch. Like, that's, that's exactly. an out 90% of the time. Yeah, and I think against the Marlins and that starts mm-hmm. but you at, least, you at least had one or two of those. Um, yeah. That, that, that kind of led to uh, things going sideways. But the underlying numbers were always good. I want to go back real quick to that 2022 season uh, because it was one that came with expectations and, and things went sideways pretty quickly. But I guess in that clubhouse – it seemed like every week there was a bizarre story coming out, whether it be more injuries to the pitching, you know, just, uh, obviously some guys takes late leaves, leaves of absences. They come back, I guess. What was the mood or the vibe like in the clubhouse during a time when it kind of seemed like things were just snowballing? Like was AJ able to keep it together? or Was there kind of some sort of, you know, genuine frustration being tossed around?
1: Yeah. I think that everyone was frustrated. Um, I don't really want to speak for anyone else because this is yeah. personally how I felt, right? Like, I think everyone was just frustrated. You know, the injuries were absolutely un- unbelievable. Like, the amount of injuries to the starting rotation was – I mean, me included was, like, crazy. Um, and then just what was going on, like, during the games, it just felt like we couldn't ever get the right, you know, the right play or we couldn't get the third out of an inning or – you know, just like a flare this way. And then, you know, something would happen and, you know, we go to challenge and we're wrong or something, even though it's like, Hey, we watched the video, this guy's definitely out. And that gets us out of the inning or just like those little things that happen in games and you lose. And you're like, we, we are not a team that loses like this. You know, we don't, we're we're much better than the way we're playing. So I think it was definitely frustrating in that aspect. Yeah. Um I think everyone kind of had the same vibe. Um, And it and it honestly wasn't a ton of fun. Like losing that much sucks. Like it just sucks. Um, It's not fun. It's not fun for fans. Your videos um, are pretty (laughs) funny, honestly. Thank Um, you. But uh, yeah, it's not fun for fans. Uh, I promise you, it's ten times worse for players. Uh, It's not like when we lose, we just don't care. Uh, Yeah. But uh, yeah, it it sucked. It sucked. That whole year sucked. Um, You know, the fire of Ela Chance. At the games, it's embarrassing, you know, because that means your team's losing, whether yeah. or not it's his fault or not. You know, I don't – it's hard to point a finger. Yeah. Um, it's and for guys, guys like guys our, me to talk about. But. Yeah, it just seemed like our bats couldn't get going and we'd yeah. pitch. You know, we pitched really well today and then we wouldn't score and then we'd score a lot of runs and we wouldn't pitch. And then mm-hmm. we'd do both those things and then we wouldn't play defense. It's just like we couldn't ever piece together a full game. And it, it's hard to win in the big leagues. It's hard to win games in the big leagues. Teams are good. doesn't matter who you are. Um, but, yeah, it was frustrating. That that year sucked for sure. Well, that,
0: that was the most frustrating part of that team. And even last year's team with with the improvements they made was frustrating, which was, you know, you had that really good bullpen in 22. And, you know, you, yeah. you'd you have a good start where you'd go six innings to earn. Bullpen would go three scoreless. And it's 2 nothing in the second. You're like, I don't know if you're going to get any runs tonight. I mean, I think they're, you know, shut out like 23 times. As a pitcher, does that have any impact on you knowing, like, I might need I might need to keep the runs at a. Pre- I mean, obviously, your goal every start is to keep runs off the board. But knowing you could take a loss if you end up giving up, you know, two or three.
1: Yeah, I mean it. I think I think it does, but the battle is to not let it. Right. You know, I think like if it happens one game, I would say no. You know, it's it's hard to hit. You know, it really is hard to hit. And if we're facing a premier arm, it's even harder to hit. You know, those guys around the big leagues can do some stuff with baseballs that is very impressive. So, um. I think, but when it when it does get consecutive, I I do think it gets frustrating. But at the same time, like it's not like those guys are going up there trying not to score. You know, they're they're, they're trying to score, but yeah, um, yeah. I think it. I think it does get a little bit frustrating. But I think the battle is to not let it. Like, don't let it come into your mind while you're pitching in the first inning. Like, hey, if I give up one run here, say it's like run around, run around second, no outs. Like, the odds of that guy scoring are pretty high. So mm-hmm. don't don't make this inning into something that turns into four or five, you know, uh, keep the damage at a premium. Um, so I think that that's kind of that's where I'm at, at least is like, don't let it turn into something that it's not. For
0: sure. Yeah. You know, I was uh, I'm a Michigan fan. And so I was I followed along with that uh, 2019 run they made to the College World Series and became a fan of Chris. That was Feather, special.
1: Yeah, yeah that was special. And,
0: um, you know, obviously, I was very happy when he got uh, hired by the Tigers. I think he's done a wonderful job. What? in your aspect, makes him a good pitching coach?
1: Um, One, I think he knows his shit, really. He really does. I I think he knows his stuff. Uh, His game planning's great. Um, But also, two, he's just relatable. I think he's very relatable. Um, Like, he's going to coach me different than he's going to coach Manning. He's going to coach Manning different than Mize. Um, You know, Mize different than Kenta, than Jack Flaherty, all these guys that we all kind of he knows what makes us click, and he knows what doesn't. So, like, throughout games, say my first inning goes well, my second inning goes well, my third inning, I'm, I lose something, and, you know, he can see that I'm trying to find it. You know, in between innings, that inning, he'll – or if it gets long enough to where he has to make a mound visit, which is hopefully not the case. But, you know, in between innings, he'll come sit down and just say, like, two things. You know, just say something really simple. He's like, hey, just stay in your legs this next inning. And that for me is my cue of like, okay, I'm getting a little fatigued. I might be going into a little early extension, and that's what's causing me to spray the ball a little bit. Um, I mean, I'm not an elite command guy. I like to say I throw strikes, but I don't really throw it exactly where I want to a ton. Um, So he's like, yeah, just stay in your back leg. Or if he sees something, he's just like, hey, keep your glove side strong. You know, just like little things like that that kind of are like, oh, that's actually what – the thoughts that are in my head – are like, bro, just throw it over the zone. <laughs> right. done it a million times. Like, just yeah. do it. And he's like, hey, just stay in your back leg a little bit, and then you just – and your warm-ups, you know, or in between innings, if my velo's, you know, starting to slowly go down and I don't notice it, he's like, hey, next half inning, just really get after your warm-up pitches. Like, really warm yourself back up. And I'm like, all right, yeah, that probably means that I'm throwing a little bit slower than usual, but – just those little things. I think that's what yeah. makes him a great coach.
0: And that's that's really fascinating, man. Because I and I also think that's probably one of the big adjustments between minor leagues to major leagues is that in the minors, probably occasionally you can get away with, you know, just just pump that fastball by guys. I mean, by the time For you sure. get the bigs, everyone's hitting the heater. I, I, mean, yeah, you know, yeah. you, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah,
1: I had to learn that the hard way. I, <laughs> right? I've given up thirty-five homers in a season. I know how to give up a fucking home run, and they were all hit hard. So it's like I I know how to give up a home runs, but in nineteen, I threw. 75% fa- fastball you know yeah. in the minor leagues yeah. and wow. it worked but it's like hey this mm-hmm. is not going to work unless you have like this crazy 25 inch ride heater you know mm-hmm. like a Joe Ryan where he's got that VAA where it stays really flat and he can kind of just pump heaters or Lance, uh, Lance Lynn when he was really rolling yeah but even yeah. he was they say fastball he was 60% fastball but he was cutting and sinking yeah. and sticking four seamers and he could dot a ass. so that's different than what I could do you know, I was like, a, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to throw this pitch right over the middle of the plate, and they hit it, and I had to learn the hard way, like, yeah, they can hit him. You know, Nelson Cruz hits fastballs right down the middle, 440 feet off the fucking, the, you know, at Comerica, the statues in left field. You know, he does that, and he gets paid a lot of money to do that. So, yeah, Nelson kind of learn the hard way. Nelson
0: Cruz hits pitches against anybody in a Tiger uniform. I've learned that the hard way over the years.
1: I don't want to say I figured him out, but I started getting him out a little bit more often. So, did, did he? J-
0: just in time for him to retire.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's why he's like, "Hey, I don't get to face school anymore, so I might have to call it." <laughs> yeah, no, I
0: feel that. Um, because yeah, he was he was one of those guys that was ageless too. Like late, thir- somehow got better in his late thirties. It was bizarre. Um, yeah, he always taking naps.
1: Allegedly napping, napping. Oh, so is that what it was? It yeah. worked. He must have yeah, been taking sorry. a lot
0: of. He must've been taking a lot of naps in the 2011 ALCS. Cause I remember him popping about six. <laughs> <laughs> <But>, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, That's the key. Yeah, exactly. Plenty of days off apparently. But um, you know, w- one thing I wanted to, uh, to bring up real quick is you know, I got hired by Barstool after Spencer Turnbull threw his no hitter. Uh, you pitched the next day uh, yeah. in, and it was kind of a unique thing because you were out West where, where you went to school. <laughs> and i've um, I've always been curious. I'm always curious of the the starts that come after no hitters and perfect games. Is there any I feel like it's going after it's like going after the really talented kid in the talent show where it's like, I mean, I'm kind of like setting myself up to be I just got the standing out like, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm setting on myself right? up to be the to be the guy who's gonna be lesser Now, you pitched Well, I think it was five innings two earned. I think you got the win. Yeah, we do because we I think we swept that series. Um Yeah. What, uh, was there anything different in terms of prep that goes into following a performance like that? Do you watch
1: his film to see what made him effective? I I mean, Turnbull, I, I don't throw anything remotely close to what he does. So it's hard for me to watch what he does. Um, and I face way different hitters, you know, he's going to get way more lefties than I am. I'm going to get nine righties most of the time. And maybe a left. That's what I gave up. I gave up a two run homer to Kyle Seager lefty, my first lefty home run, um, again, in that Seattle game. Um, but I had a good game that day. I think I punched like nine, I think I remember. Mm-hmm. Um that was, I think it that was, was a career high cool at for the me. Time. Yeah, I was throwing hard too for whatever mm-hmm. reason that year. Um, but funny enough, I actually threw the game after the no hitter this year. So That's right. When, uh, when yeah, so when they uh, when, when they threw a no hitter and now starting the next year, I go, Hey, you guys remember what happened last time we threw a no hitter? <laughs> the, the shitty thing is is you don't get to celebrate with the guys as much. Like I would have loved to drink and, and kind of go out and have that whole You know nightlife of hey let's celebrate this um but so you don't get to do that you know you have like one or two beers and then you need to start drinking water or else you're me me, i sweat a lot so i i can't afford to do that you know i can't afford to play hungover um or at least not at this point in my career some some Um, guys can i mean there's famous stories about it but yeah (laughs) yeah i i'm not one of those guys i can't do it um but uh, I've had a, I've had a manager in the minor leagues tell me, like, if you can't play over in the big leagues, you can't play. Um, so <laughs> I haven't got to that point yet. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, you know, you don't get to go out with the guys. But I don't think it changes um, – I don't think it changes what you're going to do. You kind of already have your game plan set up. Um, if anything, those guys are just like wanting to get a hit to get them, you know, to just do right. it. Yeah. So they're going to be a little bit more aggressive. I think it changes their approach more than it changes mine.
0: Yeah. But you and were, I think uh...
1: I, I think I started against Toronto and I second pitch of the game or fourth pitch of the game. I think Whit Merrifield jams one up the middle and I'm like, fuck, these guys just went nine, no hit yesterday. And I'm four pitches in, I've already given up a hit. Like, is it that hard? Um, yeah. but yeah, those days are always special. They're a ton of fun to be a part of. They're a ton yeah. of fun to watch. Um, I think I'm more nervous for the guy than the guy even knows, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm sitting there in the dugout, I'm like, my heart's like, tot, 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 and my hands are shaking and I'm like, I don't even want to go by this guy because I bet he can just feel my energy, you know, like being nervous for him. Um, yeah. But they are a ton of fun, but I don't I don't think it changes anything that I'm going to do to be honest.
0: Yeah. For what it's worth, you were lights out that day against Toronto too. You, you, a, a, after, yeah. that, after that that
1: Merrifield single, you were great. Um,
0: yeah. I trans-
1: pitched well after no hitters. Right yeah, that. exactly. We need to throw more no hitters. I think you'll, you'll yes. get rolling. again. Let me start um, after every no hitter after this.
0: Yeah. Uh, transitioning into this year. Now <laughs> you brought up, uh, Kent Maeda, Jack Flaherty, two free agent signings. Have you had any interaction with those guys, uh, thus far? I mean, obviously spring training, you guys just reported, but have you talked to them at all?
1: Yeah. So Jack came out last week, um, when the group was a little smaller and I was able to watch him kind of go about his business. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to work with him. Um, mm-hmm i think he's just a little quiet right now and i'm excited to get to like know his whole personality it's early he's meeting he's you know trying to figure out where he needs to go to get here and you know where this is what time this is you know all that kind of stuff but uh i'm excited to get to work with him you know we're locker mates and uh, we talk more than just baseball basketball whatever um today we had a pretty lengthy 20-minute discussion on our top five basketball players of all time and that was a ton of fun uh, just to get into that but uh Kenta, I'm excited to, you know, I've watched Kenta a lot. I, I think I've only played – I've only watched Clarity once live, um, but I've watched Kenta a lot, and I, I like the way he pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, he refuses to throw heaters. That's why I was kind of learning, like, hey, <laughs> stop throwing fastballs as much, you know, especially in hitter's counts, you know, pick and choose when you're going to do that. Um, but he's a good player, man. He's got really good stuff. Yeah, uh, he's He's done it. In big games too, you know, postseason. Season. I think he has a World Series ring, doesn't he? Uh, was he on the um, No, I think he was on the Twins in 20, but he's pitched in the World Series. So pitched in the World Series. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. You know, his translator's yeah. awesome too, funny. Cool. Um, and he has like this masseuse that I'm excited to get to work with. Uh, he's, he's supposed to have God's hands, so I'm excited to oh, I'm hopefully, hopefully get those hands on me and, and fix yeah. some problems. Yeah, no, he's, all, I mean, he's always spun the ball really effectively. My yeah, his, yeah, his slider splitter
0: is really, really good. Yeah, and that actually just as, again, as a pitching uh, geek here, I wanted to go back to some in, I believe t- early 2021. You had a changeup. You went to that split changeup for a minute. And Stupid then, idea. And then you went back. Was Yeah, to kind of talk me through that transition, because I do remember early on in that season, you went back to your regular changeup grip. Was that something you uh, like appropriated from Casey or was that uh,
1: something that you came up with on your own? So after 20, um, my changeup was okay. Um, it, it, I think the whiff rate was pretty high, but I just wasn't confident in it. It was, uh, if you want to get nerdy, like vertical break and all that stuff. Um, my changeup would have more vertical break, have more ride than my four seamer, but it was just 10 miles an hour slower. Um, and it would have less horizontal. So it was basically like, to me, like, a extremely backspun slow four seamer, which translates to batting practice um, in my eyes. So in the off season, I was like, Hey, I want to kill vertical break on that. You know, I I feel like I have to pronate a ton to get it to go the way it's supposed to go. Um, And I'm not very good at that. Um, I'm just like, just my throwing I'm I'm more of a supinator than a pronator. I have a hard time getting to the inside of the baseball. Um, some guys are really good at it. I'm not. Um, so I went to drive line and I was like, Hey, I need to get rid of this changeup. It I think it stinks. I'm not I'm not confident in it, so I don't even want to ever throw it in the game, even if it's getting good results. It's like every time you throw it, it's like touching something, you know, it's like playing hot potato. Like, am I gonna get burned on this one? Am I gonna get burned on this one? And then you get burned and you're like, Well, yeah, I shouldn't be throwing this pitch anyways. So I go to drive line and I'm like, they're like, Hey, you should try a splitter. I was like, All right, sure. So I get to drive line, I'm throwing a splitter it has good numbers. I'm like, all right, yeah, I can get the feel for this pitch. Um, couldn't, you know, didn't couldn't get the feel for it. Just like was throwing it, didn't have a ton of confidence. And then, um, I slowly started to like start backspinning the ball backspinning my splitter a little bit more. And then I wasn't even throwing it anywhere remotely around the zone. So it became a useless pitch for me anyways. And then, uh, I was scuffling and I actually, I started in at a Yankee stadium gave up a ball to Giancarlo that was like hit 120 off the fence and right, gave up a homer to judge, gave up a homer to, fuck, Clint Frazier. And I'm like, and I'm out of there after the fourth inning. And, and I'm like, holy shit. I, this, this is like a point in my career where I'm like, I, I need to, I need to get sent down. I, I don't think I belong here anymore. And that's when AJ and Feder called me in the office and they're like, Hey, you got to stop, you know, calm down, take a deep breath understand that, you know, things aren't going your way right now, but we still have a ton of confidence in you, but there's one thing, you got to stop throwing the splitter. You need to go back to your changeup. And then uh, kind of from that on, then on out, I became a much better pitcher. Um, I I don't know from that Yankee stadium from that Yankee start to the end of the season. I'm curious to see what my numbers would be um, comparing them, comparing the two, but uh, yeah, from then on out, I kind of went back to the changeup and then in the off season, I tinkered a little bit more actually with Bobby Dalbeck, He was a really good pitcher at U of A. Yeah. You know, I mean, in, on that college, World series run they had, yeah. um, he showed me his grip. And then, uh, last year, um, Scott Harris was actually big into like the seam shifted weight changeup. He's like, Hey, this is, I think this is a thing for you. Um, and then AJ and and Robin and Feder kind of got me on that program of like learning how to do it. And then now that's kind of my changeup. So, uh, yeah, well, I mean that's a long-winded answer to that question. But. No, I, I dude,
0: I, yeah. I love that. Bro. I love. Lo- yeah. I'm so fascinated by the mechanics of pitching, and, and just by yeah. it, especially with 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 the data that we have access to now, uh, compared, mm-hmm. which is so much different than any other era. I love the adjustments that guys are making, and I, you see that with the elite organizations that you guys get traded from one place to another, and they say, hey, the spin rate on my slider went way up, my the velo on my fastball went way up. You know, my hope is that uh, you know the Tigers can become. One of those, uh, you know, one of those
1: organizations. So right now, I think we are. I mean, I think it seems like it. Yeah. I think, I mean, our, our pitching from pitching department here, um, the guys we have in the minor league are special too.
0: That's you what know, I'm
1: here. The guys that are coming up are, you watch their shit and you're like, whoa, like that. That's got way more life than anything I possess in my left arm. So I'm like, that's, you know, they got, they got stuff. You know, there's guys that are coming up that have you know, true legit stuff. I, that's why I think I'm excited for this year, especially is like, not only do we have very good pitching, I think that we have also very good pitching. If anything happens, you know, like the 22 yeah, scenario yeah. where it's like, if anything happens, that next guy up is going to be very, very good too. So for sure. I think and that's and the that most like, exciting part.
0: I don't know exactly how the rotation is going to shape out, but like, if it is the way I projected, like I think, I think Reese Olson's a major league pitcher. You know, I mean, he could, you know, he, yeah, he could stuff play is... It's like
1: that stuff was really good, especially down the stretch last year. I played catch with him today. I'm like, bro, like, you gotta get it. You gotta, I gotta get one of the bullpen catches over here because like this slider. It looks like it's not going to go, and then it goes, and it's right in your palm, and it's like, dude, I I can't take very many more of these ones. Yeah. Um, but he's got he's got some legit stuff. He's got mm-hmm. this, like legit legit weapons, um, and he throws ninety five, so yeah. that also helps. Yeah. Uh, you know,
0: coming into the year right now, obviously expectations for you are high. I've looked at different uh, you know sports books, though. People should obviously be paying attention to DraftKings, our new sponsor. You're you're yeah. consist You're consistently you know, kind of in the top 10 in terms of, of odds for the American League Cy Young coming into the year. Do you go into a, a season, like, do you think you're one of the best pitchers in the American
1: League? Or is it just, like, start-by-start start thing for you? Yeah, I mean, I I think I'm very confident in myself. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't – I'm not the guy that's going to go out and say, hey, I'm the best pitcher in the big leagues right. and you guys need to give me my respect. – I'm not going to do any of that. Um, I think a lot of that comes from, like um, – your ego and i don't think that's i actually think that's like fake confidence when you have to go out and say i'm going to be this guy or like i got asked the question today like do you want to be known as the ace of this team and i'm like what What does that matter i want to be known as a really good fucking pitcher that's what i want to be known as. i want to be known as a guy that goes about his business every five days where teams aren't excited to go to the you know step in the box that's the guy i want to be um so that's kind of how i look at it i don't you know it, it's funny media and all that stuff they'll love you when you're good and they'll bash you when you're bad so it's like whatever you know, yeah it doesn't yeah I don't really care too much about it it's cool you know it's cool that <laughs> respect not is obviously cool um but as far as the whole tags of you know you're going to be a future Cy Young it's like hey I need to string together a healthy season and make 30 starts and then we can kind of start talking about that
0: I, I feel like that's only in a lot of ways that's only forcing pressure on you too to kind of read into
1: that stuff for sure sure. like if you setting up reading into it it's a rabbit hole man you know you can be on tiktok for an hour and a half you can also do that you know by googling your last name so you got to stay off that shit yeah Yeah. so um. no exactly no that's and that's i
0: i figured that i think that it's an interesting point you make because you know like the the guy who says he's the smartest guy in the room is very rarely ever the smartest guy in the room. You know I mean? There's there's something to be said about, about quiet confidence. And as far as this team is concerned, I feel like last year's uh, team, how they played down the stretch kind of coincided with the way you pitched 18 and 10 in September uh, as a team, you know, you were American league pitcher of the month. Did you, did you feel was it noticeable the improvement that that team made throughout the season? Because early in April, it seemed like this was not going off the rails, but it just seemed like it wasn't going to be a very good season. Did it did it feel like there was improvements substantial improvements from April to towards the end of the season?
1: You know, I think we I think we started to get a little healthy. You know, towards the end of the season, obviously yeah. um, the Riley Green injury sucked. Uh, just the flukeness of that whole thing um, obviously sucks. But we also just started you know in, in April it's hard you know when you have a team that everyone's battling for a spot every single day you know in camp when there's a lot of open spots it, it's just like once you make the team I feel like guys are like whew, like I made like I felt like that in uh 21 you know I'm grinding every day to make every start I'm like not saying like I'm just like the pressure is on you need to perform if you want to make the team you know that's the kind of so it's I think there's kind of that like little like, well, like I finally made it and we settled in um, as a team. Um, but April's in general haven't been great to us, I think, the past two years. I don't think we've been very good in April. So that has to change one this year. That has to, we got to be a better team in, in April. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we started to click as a team. You know, we started to gel. I think every time someone took the ball, we also started pitching really, really well, too. You know, our bullpen was great all year, but it was even emphasized in the month of September, you know, mm-hmm. and starting pitching you know, we were able to go a little bit deeper into games and, you know, our rotation was, was pretty solid. You know, Erod was solid every single time out. Um, Reese Olsen had an outstanding September he too. That um, and so- start, Sawyer it's came market, up and yeah. pitched great, you know? So I think that also speaks volumes to our coaching, you know, our, our pitching mm-hmm. staff, you know, the, the coaching staff we have on the pitching side, like when guys come up, it's hard, it's hard. There's a lot of shit thrown at you. You have the n- nerves are crazy. Um when guys come up and have success. I think it speaks volumes about the guys that we have on the team, and obviously the coaching staff, just getting them as comfortable as possible right away because we know that we need them to be confident for them to be good that day. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's kind of what happened in September. We just we started playing, you know, a better brand of baseball too.
0: Yeah, they also gave you the most ridiculous schedule in April.
1: I mean, you guys you guys opened against a team that started thirteen and zero,
0: and then you went you went to yeah. Houston. You had to go to you you know home against uh, Boston, Boston, who was no scout. You had to go to Toronto. Um, yeah. yeah, I know it's, I think the last few years, like, I think in all three of AJ's years so far, they, April's gotten off, you know, horrible start. Sometimes it's scheduling. Sometimes it's not, I, I mean, looking at the team as a whole, you know, cause the way that fans view it as far as like the, you know, year two of Harris and, you know, is it the beginning of an, you know, the rebuild two whatever, whatever it is. I mean, like, just where do you feel like, you know, do you feel like this is a confident group going into 24? Do you feel like this is a, you know, it's playoffs is the
1: main goal right now? Yeah, I, I think winning the division is kind of the pretty good murmur around the clubhouse. Um, that's kind of where everyone has their eyes set. Um, you know, if you look at how we played the division last year, too, we, I mean, we were damn good within our division. You know, I think we had the best record by far. I mean, even the Twins, I think we we handled them pretty well. Um, so it's it's continuing to, to do that, right, like continue to beat the teams in your division. Um winning series every, every time you play them, you know, that's kind of the goal. And then, you know, the AL East is the team, you know, the, they kind of beat up on us last year. Um, I think our record was pretty poor. I think we got swept by Baltimore twice, lost five of six to Boston. Um, we may have split with the Yankees. Um, Toronto, I think kind of handled us pretty well. So, you know, maybe it was four two advantage them there. Um, So we got to handle that, you know, and then Tampa swept us. And then I think we only beat them once, six out of seven, they beat us. So it's like, we got to beat that division up a little bit better. Um, You know, and those are really good teams too, but uh, you got to win. You got to win. You got to win those games. Um, But I, I think that that's kind of the thing is like win our division. And how do you do that? You win today's game. You know, AJ says this all the time, win today's game. When you win today's game, you know, you can start having winning weeks. When you start having winning weeks, you start having winning months. When you start doing that. You know, you find yourself right in the thick of things, you know, in September and fuck, man, you get in the playoffs, look at Arizona. Right. You just don't know. You just don't know. You know, like when Arizona came and played us, if you would have told me, hey, this guy this team's gonna be in the World Series, I would have said, Oh no chance. You know, we just yeah. played San Diego. Like San Diego just rolled in with Machado, Tatis, Soto, Cronenworth, uh, Kim. You know, that lineup was insane. You know, Gary Sanchez, um, you know, that lineup just rolled in and I'm like, I mean, the Dimebacks are good. They're a scrappy team. I'm not saying they weren't good, but I would imagine, you know, a team like San Diego to, to be in the world series or LA or something like that. Mm Um, yeah. yeah.
0: San Diego had one of the strangest teams in baseball history last year. Like they were, they were, that was a (laughs) roster. Uh, and they were just, they were just not clutch. They were like
1: one in 12 or something. And that's like that team. Um, they obviously had way more names than we did in 22, but like, that's, the same, like what they just went through is probably just as frustrating for us in 22, yeah. just in different magnitudes, right? Like it was the same shit where it was just like, how, how did that, how did San Diego not make the postseason last year? Yeah. you know, was,
0: Weird how it works. Well, man, yeah. uh, we're rooting for you, dude. I mean, we're behind you guys. You, I mean, you, I, I can't, I can't wait to watch you pitch this year. Can't, can't wait to watch what, what I believe is going to be an updated Comerica Park. Uh, this yeah, I'm season. excited to get up
1: there. So yeah, it sure. should be fun.
0: But um, thank you for joining me today. Best of luck uh, on the season, dude. We'll be rooting for you. Be there at Comerica on opening day and uh, go out and show up, buddy. I appreciate you being here.
1: I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having
0: me. All right. Thank you very much to Scooby for joining us. That was great. He was very cooperative. That was a ton of fun, honestly. And as I was waiting for our, our recordings to upload, we just kind of sat there and talked baseball for a few minutes. So, um, yeah, I uh, I felt very good about that. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Uh, we will be back next week with another interview. As I said at the beginning, hit that like button, subscribe button, put all the fixings on it. Make sure to spread the word. Let's uh, let's uh, get that positive word of mouth up, up, up. Thank you very much, guys. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Love you. Peace and happiness. Go get em, tiger.